defenses. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. What is good, homies? Welcome to another episode of Bird Protocol. I am one of your hosts, Palm Reader. I'm here with Otis Morris. Otis, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. I uh, I went shopping, and it's too close to Christmas to do shopping. Uh, however, I'm done now, so that's good. Like it's like last time I went shopping, like a week and a bit ago, it was fine. I felt like you know I there was room to move. But now it's, you know, you're getting close to the last final week before Christmas and people are just like walking around with like machetes drawn. They're like, I will stab anybody that slightly inconvenient, inconvenience me. And you know what? I, I felt that energy and I got out of there. And you know what? I'm just going to remember the good times we had. Yes. Last night in the theater just mm. watching these movies mm, yes yes um well i haven't uh, i have one or two more things to pick up i'm more like three or five uh but yeah. um <laughs> but i'm i'm taking uh after most of the week off uh next week from uh from my regular job and uh and and my album is almost done and it will be sent in on monday or tuesday just in the final fine fine tuning running through the songs with a comb, making sure everything is exactly how I want. But uh, I, I think it's like, you know, 99.98% done. Like we are, we are good. And you've heard some of it. Some of the homies have heard some of it. I've heard very good things back. Uh, people seem to uh, be impressed and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Uh, but uh, I've been focusing on that and, and focusing on, uh, you know, getting a little bit of extra cash considering there will be uh, quite a bit of time off next week in the coming weeks because of Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff. So I'll go to the, uh, I'll brave the store next week, probably on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'm going to go during the day. Like I'm going to go not when people are off work, uh, which probably won't spare me much of a difference in, yeah. in frustration, but it will maybe a little bit. Yeah, if you can get the weekday morning, you'll be fine. And I feel like you won't end up putting someone in a chokehold. So that's that's the preferred way of shopping, I would say. But I yeah. feel like if if you were to go on a Saturday, you would uh, be crushing someone's skull. No, I, it's a, it, it will be a, a definitely like mid-morning um, excursion yeah. on Tuesday and Wednesday to go and... I'm going to allot myself, you know, five hours or four hours or something mm -hmm. so that I'm not rushing and I'm just going to take my time uh, and, uh, you know, just just get it done yeah. over two days. Every The good thing is that everything is close to one another that I need to get. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, you go to the malls here and there's everything right. you need. So I'm just mm -hmm. going to give myself enough time to get it done put on a podcast, walk around, get what I need and, and, and try to remain calm and do it during the day, not in the evenings yeah. and yeah. early in the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. So. Yeah. Cause if you go like weekend or post, you know, post 5 PM on a weekday, 
you're you're gonna be like Godzilla in there. You're gonna be stepping on people. You're gonna be fucking shooting hyper beams at motherfuckers that are just glaring at you. Just like, whoa, are you moving out of the way? Are you what? Is this where the line starting? Where's the line starting, buddy? You want to know where the line starts? Like, no, get behind me, dude. Sorry. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, and then me and my giant ape friend will, uh, um, you know, run up on you, run up on someone, uh-huh. and uh, and run up and, on uh, you, and dump you tombstone you through a through a building. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, this is kind of a relaxed episode. It's kind of themed episode, kind of not. I mean, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about for the uh, for the podcast, and uh, and. Um, we went and saw a movie last night and decided we would do a, a you know, a just watched review of it. We're going to try and keep it relatively spoiler free, uh, give our thoughts on it. And then we're just going to talk about, you know, the main dude from that movie and yeah. some of the other films he's in. I don't know if we're going to rate him um, because uh, there's a lot of movies and I haven't yeah. seen some of them in a long time, but we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about that scaly thermonuclear freak uh and uh and uh you know we're gonna reminisce on our love for the the big man himself um so i guess well actually before we do that i just wanted to share the good news with everybody who's listening i don't know if anybody Uh, cares but you know i'm sure you've been aware if you've been listening of my health issues over the past year and um uh my my diabetic uh, uh, my diabetic diagnosis and and everything that's been going on. Well, I uh, I officially, um, much like uh, the much like the uh, the the face of the giant lizard in the movie that we watched last night, have uh, regenerated my pancreas, lost yeah. enough weight, and uh, and uh, have gone into diabetic remission. I will no longer be taking insulin or medicine. Once I wean myself off over the next couple of days, uh, I will just be testing sporadically. And then once that period is up uh, in the spring, I may not have to do anything except for a test every six months or something like that. So, yeah, did it. Six months. Oh, yeah. Dude. And uh, I uh, I murked it. I uh, very proud of myself. Very thankful that I was given. I had the. Uh, a privilege uh, position, the privileged position I was in to focus on my health completely. Still want to lose 100 pounds by a year of post-diagnosis. That's still a personal goal, and I will still have to follow my uh, new lifestyle and keep my health um, because I can very easily get it again. But, um, you know, Within a couple within a couple months, I may be able to return to, you know, having some foods that I haven't been able to have, or having a glass of wine, or, you know, uh, I'm not gonna have to be living such a regimented life, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Of course, it's still a period where I have to make sure that once I take off the insulin, my blood sugar doesn't shoot back up. But if it can stay relatively level with just diet and exercise, um, then I'll be I'll Powerful be in the green. Move. Yeah, but so right now I'm in diabetic remission. So hell yeah, uh, very stoked about that. It's a Christmas miracle, um, and uh, it was it was a little scary, but uh, as uh, as a character in in uh, in the show Monarch, 
the monarch, uh, what is it? The legacy of monsters. And one guy yep. says, well, miracles are supposed to be a bit scary. So, you know, that's a, that's a right on the nose for our conversation. All right. I just want to let everybody know that. Uh, and Very good. Uh, yeah, let's get Did into it. the conversation about the giant. Thank you, thank you. Oh, let's yeah. talk about the giant lizard ravaging um, various parts of the globe. Specifically, last night, post-war Japan. Otis and I went and saw Godzilla minus one. Otis, what did you think? Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was hella tight. I mean, yeah, no, there's a lot of good things about it. I like, as we talked about yesterday, how it, like, you know, I think everyone knows and understands the Godzilla story. We we understand he was a monster created by, you know, nuclear, you know, the nuclear explosions of uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, as well as, you know, uh, weapons testing, nuclear weapon testing, H-bomb testing in the uh, Pacific Ocean. That's the general genesis of Godzilla. We know all that. We know that he comes out of the sea and uh, just rages upon the uh, citizens of Japan. And in many of these films, the people have to come together and fight a uh, terror that they have, uh, you know, have experienced, but something now they have to constantly fight it. And uh, this one, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't, really explain all that it just it ex- it assumes that you understand that you know what the godzilla lore is and it just kind of this one really sits you in the the characters and sort of what uh they're going through as you said uh perfectly in the car last night after the movies that this is very much like a japanese melodrama and you know it's like a melodrama where there's just happens to be a fucking monster raging through uh, Odo and Ginza and through the streets of post-war Japan, which have already been devastated as this, you know, as spoiler free as possible. There's a lot of loss and tragedy in this movie that's established very early on. Um, Oh yeah. And Godzilla's uh, a, a, he is an arbiter of violence in this film. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it, you know, the themes in the, in the movie lost grief, um, you know, uh, kind of the embodiment of the post-war sacrifice, sacrifice duty, um, the embodiment of the kind of post-war Japan psyche, um, and the, the, the kind of social issues that are, uh, tearing people apart are very mm-hmm. much right in the center of it. This is a very very much like a melodrama with uh just absolute ripping scenes of Godzilla doing Godzilla shit. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's sick. Um even the f- like the start of this movie when you are introduced to the main character and then Godzilla shortly afterwards is mm-hmm some of the most violent Godzilla stuff I've ever seen. Like the dudes, Godzilla just murking a young Godzilla, a smaller Godzilla, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess is meant to imply, you know, this is set before, this is supposed to be a prequel. 
um, and and and, uh, and and covers you know um, the the uh, rise and first arrival of Godzilla uh, in the in mm-hmm. the close post war, but but you get a slightly smaller Godzilla, uh, and he does uh, he does some freak shit, and then uh, and then you get the big boy, and you get some um, some pretty crazy uh, action set pieces and and citywide destruction. Yeah. yeah, you get some within the first ten minutes. You see some violent shit. Like you see Godzilla stomping out dudes, like just smashing them into the ground, like Super Mario style, just absolutely inflating their skulls into rubble. Um, you know, you you see him bend down, bite dudes, and just eat them into the. You know, yeah, it's just pretty fucking intense, nowhere. Man. It's so crazy, like, and that's within the first ten minutes, dude. Yeah. That's the first, and that's 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 like Teen Godzilla. That's just an angsty Teen Godzilla. So, like, that's the damage he's doing. As a so, yeah. By the time you see full blown Godzilla, like, there's one. The sequence in later on in the film, it's just such destruction that it's like, holy shit, dude! It's insane there are many oh shit moments in this movie that i was just like yep that's fucking badass dude like you know the memes going around now where people where it's like dudes will see this and just say hell yeah brother that's that's this movie yeah there's a there's a lot of multiple hell yeah but then on the other side of it is it's very much a a melodrama about these societal issues in Mm post-war japan and uh, and even like anti-government, you know, like the kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, futility of the government, which is something that happens time and time again in the Godzilla films, is yeah. that, you know, there's this kind of anti-government bureaucracy, anti, uh, you know, the, the government is to blame for a lot of stuff. And in this one, it's very much there while also touching on kind of a closer to the end of World War mm-hmm. II uh, uh, world, um, yeah. you know, I- international right. governmental situation because they say, you know, the Americans can't help because of the Soviets and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's honestly, the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed it. I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I really enjoy all of the uh, Toho Godzilla films for the most part. Um, this one in some ways calls upon Shin Godzilla, but in other ways calls very yeah. much upon the originals. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of a nice meet in the middle type film. Uh, mm-hmm. Godzilla is definitely not a, uh, a, a, a kind God character like he became later yeah. in the Godzilla series in this one he is a yeah uh a just a ruthless beast um yeah i mean there's a lot i don't want to like, give away some of the tw- there, there's a possibility that that there's more to it um but but in the film himself until you get to the end there's he is a just arbiter of destruction um and, and yeah where like here's the thing in a lot of godzilla movies like usually some godzilla movies are they kind of 
toe the line of being almost pro-military sometimes and like anti like bureaucracy sort of thing whereas like you know because usually usually the way godzilla movies um are is that they usually put you in the position of somebody like a scientist or like a reporter who's trying to do the most honest work possible um but this one kind of it just puts you in a civilian like just a regular just the most regular people that are just dealing with their stuff and that's one of the plots like one of the things in this movie it's not necessarily anti-government in minus one because the government has been just raptured pretty much like they're yeah. dealing with the fallout of world war ii all of the destruction the bombing of you know tokyo nagasaki you know hiroshima they're just the government just doesn't have the resources to even try and combat this thing this god this monster this literal monster that's now just coming up on them and stomping people out left and right like they don't like they don't even have a military at this point because in post-world war ii the united states that made them decommission a lot of oh yeah their, yeah like, yeah that's vessels right. and stuff so in this movie it's interesting it really calls upon just the average everyday civilians to step up and you know just do stuff well and i think i think it's interesting that you mentioned this because i it isn't just like the average civilians it's former military people who are now yeah. civilians and i think that's one of the things i guess what i was trying to say is a lot of well, the, there's the one guy that like you know that has the that desperately wants that he's just a kid helping out the guy that yeah. they literally call kid yeah so but but they a lot of the i guess what i was trying to say you you kind of summed it up is that it is kind of the anti-bureaucratic side of the government but very pro military and people stepping up and sacrificing that's a that's a theme yes. that's common so i wasn't saying it wasn't it was anti-military yeah, yeah. i was saying there's a yeah. kind of um because even in this in this film they say you know uh there, there's a big well i guess we should say the main character is a kamikaze pilot who feigns technical issues with his plane and lands on an island mm -hmm. and and upon landing on the island um they you kind of get both sides of this this kind of japanese uh a mindset of like you know you you didn't you didn't have your righteous death you know you didn't yeah. do your duty and then there's mm -hmm. another guy who's like no man like it's unfair that they ask you all to do this the war is pretty much over like you should live and then godzilla yeah. shows up and then they all die yeah. except for except for two guys um yeah. and and I think that it's, uh, and then that that kind of, not only him not doing his job, uh, Shikishama, the main character, but mm -hmm. the death of all the mechanics and the arrival of Godzilla. He's got PTSD, and that's like a main part of his his whole arc in the film is dealing mm -hmm. with the kind of combating nature, the the conflicting nature of, I guess, post war Japanese identity, right? Like mm -hmm. so yep. much death so many like he's alive but he feels yeah. guilty because so many people died and he only lived because he like bailed but then mm -hmm. he finds reasons to possibly live again but then he's facing this this creature um this this yeah destroying thing and uh and it's it's i don't want to give too much of the plot away because it is actually quite moving um it is. because they bring it down to a much more personal level 
than a lot of yeah. Godzilla films do. The, the, this is something that was like kind of tried to was kind of done in the the Gareth Edwards one where they tried mm-hmm. to kind of scale it down and it's about the guy trying to get back to his wife and all this stuff, which is fine, but that's yeah. like the weakest part of the movie to me. Um, right, yeah. Uh, that I, I just don't really care about. But I, And I love that movie. I mean, we're going to get probably get some heat for when we talk about that later. But I just, yeah. I, what I liked about this one is that I liked, I liked, I like the fact that well, one, first and foremost, I like the fact that a $15 million movie can go on to be a kind of Japanese film could go on to be a, a, uh, a quite sensational. Like it was less than $15 million. Yeah. Uh, and as of recently, it's like $59.2 million that it's made and it will yeah. probably make more because people are talking about it. Um, yeah. It's have, it's, it's going really word of mouth is it's how this movie is spreading. Like even last weekend when, you know, we saw Kenneth and stuff and there was like, you know, they were saying, yeah, this movie's sick. Even after you left, uh, there was this dude that showed up. He was like, man, it was the greatest monster movie I've ever seen. Now I don't necessarily hold that opinion. I don't think it's the greatest one, but it was fucking awesome. It's definitely yeah, it ruled. It ruled up there. And you could make that argument. That is a fair argument. And I mean, this movie is great on so many levels. And but then, yeah, when you just factor in the fact that this movie was made for less, supposedly less than fifteen million american dollars i guess for i guess they did the adjustments from yen to uh american dollars which is fucking insane if you when you see this movie visually the uh you know just how it looks and feels it's like oh this is like this looks better than 200 million dollar movies like they showed the trailer for the new Aquaman beforehand, and all I could think was watching that is just like, what a hunk of shit that looks like! Like, what an absolute hunk of shit! This looks so stupid. Like, I don't know. You expect me to care about underwater fish people fighting? Man's dressed up like with a fucking. He's got a big old alien head mask on. I don't give a shit. But this movie, it focuses on characters. And the visual effects where it matters, like just so, like it was awesome. Like for even fil- something for a, as for a film that for a film with that small of a budget to look and feel the way it did, and to feel like some of the sorry to interrupt you, but some of the parts, like especially the uh, I don't want to spoil it, but Godzilla he does his thing. Okay, he shoots his his fire his heat ray and well, the part where he charges up and like his like the spikes start coming out of him and it does that slow like go up and you just see it all it's like that close-up on godzilla looks better than so many other monsters that like have come out in or, movies or with, like the the scene that stuck in my head is after he does that and does the the big thing and then it's yeah. him shot from below looking at the devastation in the cloud and all that stuff. And he does the roar. And I was like that, that alone looks better than almost anything I've seen in Marvel. 
for the past like two years, three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah I was like, Marvel I was like, really those are hundred million dollar movies. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? You know, yeah. <laughs> what are we? And so that was one of the like real exciting parts of watching it was I was like, oh, finally, you know, like this is we and I mean, I'm a you and I both love Godzilla. We're both. Yeah, we're both kaiju heads. We both love mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, it may be a bit of our my bias showing, but it's like, here's someone who actually gives a shit about an IP making yeah. a sick movie for less than $15 million. Mm-hmm. And it's getting rave reviews and the word of mouth is going crazy. And it's like, what are we doing here? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing? <laughs> Just absolutely nuthouse. I saw we were watching the the trailer for that Aquaman movie, and afterwards we both looked at each other like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck are I we mean, doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up, dude. Because like even yeah, the trailers for modern American movies, seeing those and then seeing like before Japanese, like that movie, the trailer. Where it's like, what is it? A haunted pool? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, right after it's, I was like, yeah, somebody was in a writer's room like, what if a pool was evil? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, dude. And they're saying, oh, we're worried about AI writing movies. Like, nah, AI's been writing movies, dude. They did that. Like, who actually sat down? It's like, what if a pool's haunted? It's like, well, fuck you. I I have a feeling that, and, and, and this is just a general feeling about kind of the arts in general, is that, you know, there is an an aspect of, like, kind of a marker of someone who is a true artist to me is someone who wants to constantly push the envelope of, of their, their art, right? So when people talk about someone like Martin Scorsese being one of the greatest directors of all time, it, like, regardless of what you think about the content of his films mm-hmm. um, or his, like, you know, his art, his cinematic voice, he goes out of his way to challenge himself to make films that have deeper meaning than just what you see on the start. And and films in the eighties, he was challenging formal uh, preconceptions of, of what you can do with film. And, and, you know, he's someone who's constantly evolving and changing and wanting to Mm -hmm. do something different. And of course you see our Scorsese, Goodfellas, you know, but like, Really, yeah. in the ending of 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 Killers of the Flower Moon is and and Killers of the Flower Moon itself is is him being like, nah, fuck all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on my own expectations and and how yeah. and what and you know my the own my own content and my own um my own voice as an as an author and then also you know the 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 evil that i so often film i'm gonna just actually let that be forefront and center yeah and make something that you know and and that's and that it was a direct reaction to the people talking about the way he they can can consider him to be uh uh you know romanticizing of evil or or of yeah glamorizing it in like the case of uh like wolf of wall street but that's also just people being like no, it's like he's not glamorizing like these horrible people. He's just showing you it. Like the and he's most, just good at making movies. He's just he's yeah. That's here. the thing. 
I love about Wolf of Wall Street is you're, you watch that movie and people are like, oh, yeah, that's such a sick lifestyle. It's like, yeah, because you're a fucking insane person with no heart. You're supposed to watch that movie and be like, these are the most despicable human beings like yeah. ever. These are con artists. These are no good, just fucking scum of the earth that did that would have sold out their own goddamn mother for like anything like these are scumbags and you're not supposed to like them you're not supposed to watch goodfellas and be like i fuck i love these guys i fucking like yeah it's like no you're supposed to hate them ray liotta goes insane because <laughs> like at the end of that because movie, he's because a bad he person. can't even deal with it yeah, yeah like he's a bad person and he also most of them die in horrible yeah. ways it's not good anyway we yeah. don't have to rehash that conversation on the lack of kind of nuance in film but, criticism or film watching. But where I, I was think going, what with you're it, saying is I'm, where where I'm going with this is is that I feel like a lot of people they hit something good, they get a nice mm -hmm. cushy position as like the go to guy for writing or a director or whatever. They get given these opportunities to do something that is part of these IPs or whatever, and they go on autopilot. You know, they're like, okay, or the studio, especially with Marvel, it's so big, or DC, or all these things. There's so much meddling. There's so much all this different stuff. And and it's, you just have, you just wind up having these just mishandled ideas or half-baked yeah. ideas or half-assed, half uh, 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 you know, executions of these mm -hmm. things. We talked about this in the Prey episode last year where I was like, you know, finally someone came along and was like, I'm just going to respect the ideas that were in the first movie and I'm going to change the setting and change the characters a bit and make it interesting. But mm -hmm. really what this is about is an alien from space comes down and fights some formidable hunters. That's yeah. just a different time period. And guess what? Yeah. The next one's going to be in fucking World War II. Take my money. Take my money. Yeah. You know, like... It's it it's this 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 lack of um you know a, even if you're given the keys to the kingdom you've got to want to innovate you've got to want to add your artistry mm -hmm. to it you know you can't it's I don't know that I just thought it was so refreshing to what I love about the Godzilla series and there are thirty seven Godzilla movies soon to well, be thirty eight. That was the thing <laughs> I was gonna say is that that I thought you were trying to make with the Scorsese uh you know sort of analogy was that this is the 37th film in a franchise and it's still finding ways to do something unique yes that, that's what different. i was just about to get to okay. is that is that I, I where i was going with that is that i have this feeling and it's a cross art where it's like think about rappers rappers first couple albums mm -hmm. fantastic they get successful they start doing nothing except like owning businesses and yeah. They and then they they, they don't relate to anyone. Don't relate to anybody. Anyone. So they rap these like boring, hollow, kind of like they rap about stuff that they used to talk about, but they're not involved in that life anymore, and it's not really mm. truthful, and it just it falls flat. And it's like you got to respect some of them who at least pivot into talking about like grown man shit. Like everybody loved yeah. four forty four because Jay Z was like. I'm not moving Coke anymore. I'm going to talk about my businesses and my marriage. And people were like, oh, yes, 
Because mm. you can yeah, do that discussing social issues yeah, and you stuff. Can, you and can do that having artfully. nuance. Yeah, art needs to. You need to constantly be pushing the envelope. And so, whenever I see someone who does that, and that's a repeated theme in this podcast, where we talk about watching, charting the growth of bands, charting the growth of franchises of directors where a director's voice remains constant through the entirety of their career or or the the ideas the themes of a of a certain ip stays stays throughout the career uh, or throughout the whole franchise but then you see people coming in and they're adding their own twist to it while being faithful it's mm-hmm. it's both innovating and respecting and I think Godzilla as a series and franchise has done that very well, specifically the Japanese Godzilla films. Now, of course, there are a bunch of them that are kind of like B movies. <laughs> from Yeah, they shift over t- through tone, especially, you know, as, as when they get into, you know, when Godzilla starts fighting other monsters that I, it, it, it's kind of hard to get into that sort of thing without it nearly getting silly but it has been done and it has been done well it has been done poorly and you know there's some like i personally like the current legendary american movies where you know godzilla versus fucking kong godzilla and kong team up with mothra the fucking fight king Ghidorah. like i like that shit i but like you know it's not gonna get with everyone but like you know which those movies are so much drastically different than even just gareth edwards godzilla reboot that you know kick restarted the franchise much different than what roland emmerich tried to do in 1999 with that one like that's very much different he tried to do things he tried to bring his huge hollywood blockbuster style to it and like try to make independence day but godzilla pretty much um but yeah, no, the Japanese movies have gone through various different, they've attacked, approached the Godzilla from many different ways, from it being an allegory for nuclear fallout, for it then, you know, representing different fears to, you know, the more recent Godzilla stuff making, uh, you know, reference to the Fukushima, Fukushima energy, uh, the nuclear plant that fucking exploded and fucked up Japan. Like, they somehow constantly keep finding new ways to evolve the franchise, and that's why it is literally the longest-running film franchise in the world. It's been going on for 70 years now because they keep finding new ways to... It, 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 it's such a great allegory that they just nailed it the fucking first time and created such something that people can relate to in so many ways and like even when they flip it and then create godzilla as you know here's our monster this is our defender that is now fighting you know it becomes like a sci-fi thing of stuff from other planets coming in and then him defending like it's like i said it gets ridiculous at some points but one you when they nail it like as godzilla minus one did when they find the way to like oh we're gonna call upon you know old sort of ozu films where it's about you know just japanese family like that's the thing and and, like it he comes back to tokyo and his house is just rubble and he like rebuilds it he literally rebuilds his life 
but then gets to a point where he's like, well, now I'm just back where I was. I'm still in a war with myself, with my demons, with now a literal fucking monster. Like, when, when does the fucking madness end? It just, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't praise this film enough of reinventing itself as the Godzilla, you know, franchise constantly does in new ways. And, you know, it, this one is so great because it also references so many different things from the very first Godzilla, from the 1954 film, which I just watched today. For example, uh, you know, the, the idea of sacrifice. And so in the film, as we mentioned, it's a kamikaze pilot who then abandons his post and, you know, whatever. In the original Godzilla, there's a scientist that creates a uh, a a type of bomb that you can set off in water that removes the oxygen from the water and kills everything within the water. And that's how they end up killing Godzilla at the end of the first one. But he, the guy that designed it decides, I can't allow this to go into the hands of humans. Like, this is such a great evil this technology so he ends up destroying all of his science and ends up sacrificing himself with the bomb and you know so that's one callback is sacrifice and how much and godzilla minus one tackles it in a completely different way but still has those same themes there and you know the science the, the scientists trying to come up new ways with water which again an, i mean this godzilla minus one it's at times it's a Navy movie. It's like, it, it's very much, I think there's more scenes in water than there is on land. It's which I don't think other Godzillas have really done that and focused on that and focused on, you know, the ocean aspect of it. Mostly Godzilla is rampaging through giant cities, but yeah, I don't know. And so, you know, and that's obviously, you know, a Pacific, coast like war reference of them dealing with the islands and you know i think that's what the sort of reference was there in the post-war stuff but like i don't know there's so many great things about this movie that i feel like i could just go on and just like it's like because it's not that the godzilla franchise you know needed necessarily a reboot shin godzilla was amazing and people were calling for sequels about it Netflix is doing Japanese anime-style Godzilla movies that are, I haven't seen them, but apparently they're fucking fantastic. Yeah, the American I watched, movies. I watched one. Of are them. great. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna get Godzilla's. To that. Yeah. He's back. Going, he's in his prime right he's now. Dude, I think. I mean, he's yeah. still back. He's he's back. And of course, we should say, you know, um, I guess one of the things that's so marvelous about the recent run, so the the era that we're in right now is called the Reiwa mm -hmm. era of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Um, if we're talking about kind of Japanese Godzilla films, so that includes Shin Godzilla, that includes um, Godzilla the, Planet the of the Monsters, one. Godzilla yep. City on the Edge of Battle, and Godzilla the Planet Eater, which are the animated films on Netflix, and then uh, and then Godzilla Minus One, which was Toho, and I guess Shin Godzilla was released by Funimation. Um, okay, in America. Uh, um, uh, or, or licensed in America, but it was, um, and Toho International is, is Godzilla mm -hmm. minus one. But anyway, we have the, these, this era that we're in right now, which is really like a revitalization of 
the the whole franchise and Shin Godzilla is equally just a ripper. Um, that's a terrifying Godzilla film. Um, yeah, and- in this way, this one kind of leads into the melodrama. I think Shin's Godzilla really leaned into like, what if we just make this thing the most disgusting, monstrous like thing ever? Like, I think there's the most violent Godzilla things are in Shin Godzilla. Oh I yeah, think. and he and his his like heat ray in that movie is like insane, and he like shoots yeah. it from his tail, and and his mouth opens up into like like two bottoms so he can shoot fire that turns into like thermo it's so sick um but then before that you had the millennium era which was godzilla 2000 and the kind of rebirth of of which that was uh, the first godzilla movie i ever saw was godzilla 2000 my dad took me to see it as a kid and that's the first time i've ever seen an english dubbed movie which as a child i thought was fucking hilarious but uh (laughs) anyway yeah uh, and then, then that's what they call the Millennium Era. Before that was the uh, Heisei Era from 1984 to 1995. And that was where... So basically what happened is that you have Godzilla, Shiro Honda's original, 1954. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to lots of sequels. And it kind of goes the way that horror sequels go. We just keep adding new monsters you know, you get mm-hmm. you get Godzilla raids again, uh, where he 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 fights uh, um, uh, <laughs> It's got a weird name, and then you got King Kong versus Godzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, Ghidorah, uh, Son of Godzilla, uh, Abira, Horror of the Deep, the Astro Monsters. You have Destroy All Monsters, which is when like there's all the monsters fighting. You have yeah. All Monsters Attack. Godzilla versus Hedora, Godzilla versus Gigan, Megalon, Mechagodzilla, the terror of Mechagodzilla. Anyway, so it was kind of going down the road of like the wrestling type sequels, which is going to bring in a different yeah. bad guy. And, you know, yeah. and 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 it, it got a little bit schlocky there. And then they mm. did the the Heisei area, which is Return of Godzilla. And and again, you have Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, Godzilla versus Mothra, blah, blah, blah. But there was a little bit more focus on the kind of like history and science between Godzilla. And they like flushed out the character more. And then the Millennium mm. Era, which is kind of they, you know, they came back and were like, okay, we're going to reboot this for a second time uh for for a third era of godzilla films um and each film is a standalone story the only the only film with a reference from the other eras is the original um and uh um and that ended with final wars and now we're in the reiwa area which is like you know they're 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 kind of branching out and trying different things and and uh yeah and and you get Shin Godzilla, which is nuts. The anime movies, which are cool, um, and Godzilla minus one, which is like a really kind of like parsed down, gripping, really almost like it is the most. It is very connected to the original film. It is a prequel, mm-hmm. and um, and it's very much small. It's taken much to a smaller scale and much more melodramatic. Um, and then whereas the the American ones. I mean, you got Godzilla, the Roland Emmerich one, which is interesting. 
but yeah. uh, but not very great. I mean, it's it's a if you yeah, it's just a '90s blockbuster. Yeah, if you were a kid everything's... in the '90s, you liked it. If you're a kid in the '90s, you probably saw it, and you liked it. If you watch it now, you're like, this kind yeah. of this isn't that great, but you know, there's that nostalgia factor. But yeah, and there's like the nostalgia of like the marketing because like I remember you know the McDonald's toys where you get the Godzilla head like hand puppet thing that I remember, and then. But yeah, there's things about that Godzilla, like the fact that, oh, well, Godzilla's a female now. They're laying eggs in the New York subway system. It's like, this is crazy. Also, I don't buy Matthew Broderick as a leading man in this movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's just, there's things. But, about but shout movie. out John Renault. Uh, love to yeah. see him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just I, I, I love Leo. I'm the professional, so you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, shout yeah. out Jean Reno. Um, and then you have the legendary pictures MonsterVerse, which started in 2014 with Gareth Edwards' Godzilla, which to me was a very much like we're gonna kind of respect the ideas of of some of the the main themes of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make our spin on it. We're going to reboot it. And now it's gone very much like the original, the 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 Showa era, the Showa era of Godzilla, the first one. Yeah. It's gone the same way where you had Godzilla and you had Godzilla King of the Monsters. And Godzilla King of the Monsters is really kind of like Godzilla versus Mothra and, and, and uh, meets like meets like destroy all monsters like it's you know it's it's very much their spin on on okay we've established godzilla with the first one let's start having a little bit of fun let's add a little bit of camp i actually like godzilla king of the monsters i thought it was like i do too i was like this is a fun ass movie man like this is a fun movie um and you know you get mothra you get rodan you get you get Mm -hmm. the uh, uh, Queen Muto. We got King Ghidorah. Obviously, hard, hard. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so it's like that. I was like, yeah. And then you get Godzilla versus Kong, which, upon rewatching, there are some parts in this film that are just a bit too much. Like, there's a part where Godzilla throws Kong through a building and laughs. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. are we really? Is this really it? But. You know what? I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with Godzilla X Kong the New Empire being as a much of a nut show as a nut house freak show as it's going to be. Kong with a with a mecha arm and pink super atomic Godzilla versus the the King Scar giant monkey orange yellow red monkey whatever. Go, let's go. I'm sure. Let's go. Scar King. That's his name. Scar King. Let's go. I want to see it. Let's go. I'm I'm in it. I'm I'm in on it. I don't care that it's campy and gaudy and whatever, because I still like watching some of the campy, gaudy, you know, uh Mothra versus Godzilla, which is still pretty good, actually. I think all of the Ishiro Honda uh films from the show are year are actually pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, all the ones he did were are yeah are good because like he's the one that created it. He kind of understood, which also like a thing watching the original Godzilla, the nineteen fifty four ones, like how good the visual effects are. Like the way they blend 
uh, shots of like people running away in the foreground with, you know, got obvious, the dude's obvious, it's obviously a human in a fucking costume. That's how they had to do it back then. And the way they blend the miniature sets with the live action, actual, you know, real life stuff, it's phenomenal. You can't tell the difference the way it, it's just phenomenal. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's why this series became so good because it was, even though it's such a ridiculous concept of, oh, it's a giant dinosaur from the ocean that comes and destroys cities, it was treated like with care. And yeah. they're like, oh no, we're going to make this terrifying to the point where like, it looks amazing. The special effects of the 1954 are amazing. And, you know, as it goes on and, you know, as films, as they became color, you know, it kind of got, it got big and bright and flamboyant and, at times, but like, Look, there's nothing they still wrong do great with kai- stuff. There's like nothing even wrong with kaiju's fighting. Yeah, like I'm or like in the case it. of Mothra versus. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, go ahead. Go ahead. In the case of Mothra versus Godzilla, you get little fairy people living in a cave where their queen, their god, is Mothra, and Mothra's a good person, and like you know, Mothra's here to help the human race, and it's like you know, it gets little out there, but it's like we're talking about you know, in the case of the original series, a 50, 150 foot tall dinosaur. Like, you know, if you're really thinking of like, oh yeah, this has to remain grounded at all times. It's like, bro, we're talking 150 feet dinosaur. Like you made the point yesterday when you're like, yeah, I don't understand why people were so up in arms about Jurassic World. People are like, how does Bryce Dallas Howard run in high heels? It's like, Oh, that's what you're bad at. What about the fact that they created dinosaurs? Yeah, like, what about what the, the fact that they, they created Frankenstein's monster of dinosaurs that can yeah. they can camouflage and is like yeah. hyper smart and can do can control its body heat? You're fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's that doesn't be Chris Pratt being a raptor dolphin trail trainer. Yeah. That's fine. You're fine with that. It's Bryce Dallas Howard running in shoes. That's where you're you're suspension of disbelief breaks when when she's going to buy get the backup t-rex that's the scene that does it for you so you know what i i think that there's a level of and i think that's the thing is that people like i hate i don't like when people talk about godzilla like it's like this oh you know it's this like super serious masterwork thing it's like have you seen half of these movies more than have you seen godzilla 2000 like have you have you watched how ridiculous some of these films Mm -hmm. are like it is it is about giant monsters and and you know it's okay to be ridiculous it's okay to be to to be over the top and campy and gaudy at times but it's also cool to get a film like godzilla minus one which is yeah. like, we're going to parse it down and talk. And it's why I like the Gareth Edwards film. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that it's good. I think that it it recalls a lot of the ideas and themes that are present in the first film. I think that there's a lot of really... Um, I like the fact that you don't see Godzilla a lot. I mean, most of these movies, you're not supposed to see him all the time. No. I, once, I mean, once it gets later and he's like a good guy and he's fighting the other monsters, then... Yeah, he's kind of the main character. But if mm-hmm. you're doing trying to do an American reboot of Godzilla, like you don't slap him in every scene. He's supposed no. to be this, and he's bigger in the American ones. He's like the size yeah. of 
the moon or something. I don't know how big he is. It's huge. And so yeah. it's like, like, why, what are you mad at? I, I just, I just don't understand. Like we, we, you can, you can enjoy both. You can enjoy the Gareth Edwards style stuff or the, or, or, or the, the Godzilla minus one stuff. And, and then also be like, but I also like King of all monsters or Godzilla versus Kong. Like, I can mm-hmm. like both of them. I can be aware of what both of them are trying to do. And I think Gareth Edwards was trying to make a relatively like hardline, hard not maybe not hardline, but like a, a, re- a reboot that's, that's sci-fi. You know, he's trying yeah. to tell this story in an interesting way and reboot it in an interesting way. And I think I like that movie. I, I, th- I really like the God- 2014 mm. Godzilla. And People hate me for saying yeah. that. They're like, how can you like that? But also like Shin Godzilla or like the original. It's like, because the, you're, a, it's a movie about giant lizards. You can explore it whatever way you want to. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Jesus. Well, yeah, that's the thing with these massive franchises, you know, you can do different things with them. Right. So you can enjoy like, weed like Godzilla like the Gareth Edward ones because the whole that whole movie is just hearkening back to you know 70 sci-fi 70 blockbusters specifically you know Spielberg like Jaws like that's the whole fucking thing it's what if we made Godzilla like a Jaws movie where you barely see him but you know the tension is constantly there it's constantly tense you know what the monster is and you know what it can do but like you're never going to fully get, you're never going to fully see it. And when you do, it's going to hit hard, you know, that you can have that thing. You can have that, or you could do it the way that, you know, Godzilla minus one did where like, we're going to do it subdued. We're going to focus on characters, which is like, you know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago with um, when Sam Mendes did uh, Skyfall where he's like, I really want to focus on James Bond, the man, like him. Like, it, this isn't going to be about, you know, fancy gadgets and, you know, all the Shabbat, all the Shazam that you get with, you know, fucking James Bond. We're going to focus on a dude grasping with his mortality, with his life, and we're really going to dig into the psyche of it, which is an amazing movie, but you can like that, and you can also like, you know, fucking Goldeneye and the ridiculous over-the-top Pierce Brosnan shit (laughs) where he has, like, just dumbass fucking gadgets. Like, it's ridiculous. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about about certain franchises, but the minute that they kind of take a step up, all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, everything, we're going to talk about it like it's we're going to poo-poo the stuff that doesn't have some sense. Like like with James Bond, it's a prime example. Like ever since they've been like, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to reboot James Bond. We'll put Daniel Craig in it. This is going to be like interconnected stories. We're going to try try and make these kind of more realistic um, action films dr- with drama and with whatever. Like Skyfall, Casino Royale, they're great movies. Great movies. I absolutely mm-hmm. love them. It does not erase the value of all the ones that come before it were some of them bad yeah. were some of them gaudy and whatever and over the top mm-hmm. and, and campy and silly and stupid pierce brosnan driving around in a uh um uh, aston martin aston martin on ice 
that has skating blades coming out of the wheels and shit like it's stupid yeah. it's so dumb but at the same time you can enjoy both so you know there are parts of the the godzilla the, the body of godzilla films that i enjoy but i know they're like this is just kind of silly but recently yeah. this turned towards really kind of trying to reinvent it in a way that's that's you know that's um each one of them are so different. Like the anime films, mm -hmm. Shin Godzilla, Godzilla Minus One, like they're all kind of a different take on telling a story in the kind of Godzilla way. And I, I love that. I think that all of them mm -hmm. have been really cool. Um, but it doesn't just because Godzilla Minus One is a grounded uh, uh, and character-driven Godzilla film doesn't mean that I, I won't watch, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra or Mothra versus Godzilla again, you know, yeah. or, I mean, that one's a, a Honda film. So the Shira Honda film. So yeah, it is still pretty good, good but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's the, this, I don't know what, why it happens, but it happens with a lot of franchises. And I'm saying, I'm here to say you can like both. You can like Godzilla yeah. minus one and still be excited to see whatever bullshit wrestling moves Godzilla and Kong pull on, on Scar King and, in the new empire yeah. you can be excited for both you know yeah you can be there you can be in both movie theaters no one's judging you for it uh no. i know i will uh i i will definitely be there watching uh, godzilla and kong um hopefully you know uh put a stone cold stunner on uh on scar king yeah. um but i hope that they make more yeah. films like <laughs> like godzilla minus one and and yeah. I think that the, I hope that we get um, this. Uh, uh, I guess we should say from from the start, um, the the film Godzilla minus one was directed by Takashi Yamazaki, uh, and um, it uh, it it was uh, released in uh, Japan in on November third of this year. It was released everywhere else December first. Um, oh, it says here they've updated the box office in the time that we've talked. Now it has made over $60 million. Hell yeah. Um, so, you know, that's four, more than four times what it cost. Cost. Yep. To make it. Nuts. Love it. 400%. Uh, wow. I guess three 300% increase. Is that how it yep. works? Yeah. Anyway... Um, and it stars, uh, I don't want to screw up these names, but, uh, Ryunosuke Kam Kamiki, uh, Miname Hamambe, uh, Yuki Yamada, um, Minateka Aoki, uh, Hidetaka Yoshioki, uh, Sakura Endo, and Kuro, I can't, I'm going to screw this up. Kuranosuke Sasuke. Uh, who plays the uh, uh, captain of the mining, the mine sweeping boat, who I actually thought was one of the funniest characters. That's another thing in this, yeah. in Godzilla Minus One. There were parts where it was actually funny. Like the theater laughed. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I love that. I love the fact that there were scenes that were quite moving, emotional, you know, dealing with like actual, uh, like PTSD and guilt and like, uh, and we should say this is also set in Tokyo after the firebombing, which kills the main character's parents uh, yep. and many other people. Uh, so, you know, 
like Otis said, he's coming back to literally nothing with all of his guilt. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a real human story. It's heavy. It's heavy. But then on top of that, you've got the big man coming through. And when he walks into Ginza and you hear the sound, the noise, dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. and he's walking and just like smack like literally walking on people dun, 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 dun. It, yeah and we we're still waiting for the uh Godzilla film that uses um Pharaoh Monk, Pharaoh Monk. Simon, says. <laughs> Simon says come on they gotta do it if they, yeah I would lose their mind if in Godzilla versus Kong Kong is getting his ass beat and then Godzilla walks through like breaks through the wall and he's like standing there and it plays that song. And then Pharaoh Monk starts playing and they just start beating on him. I'd be like, yeah, that I'm seeing this six spot. more times. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll watch this. I'll watch. I'll, I'll, I'll buy this on, on iTunes and watch this every day. Seeing Godzilla and King Kong beating up one of their enemies to, to Simon Says by Pharaoh Monk with Godzilla's entrance Powerful. coinciding with the start of that song. If you haven't heard that song, it samples the Godzilla theme song you gotta if you don't know come on yeah get the fuck up Simon says get the fuck up, the fuck um, up. banger banger oh, track what, what? um uh yeah it, the critical response um it's received universal acclaim you know um the um uh many of the american film critics have uh complimented the film because of its impressive tiny budgeted visuals it's touching human drama and the usage of kaiju metaphor for social commentary rotten tomatoes gives it an 8.4 uh, an approval rating of 98 percent um uh, you know metacritic gives it a 79 uh cinema score the grade is a um post track gave it a 92 with 80 percent saying they would definitely recommend the film this the word of 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 mouth for this film has been crazy. I think people have been kind of starving for something like this. Um, I imagine that that's what's happening. What what is happening with this film is what would have happened uh, with Prey if it had seen a theatrical release, a small scale theatrical release instead of just on streaming. I mean, it happened on streaming, yeah. but it's a very similar thing where it's like we're going to make a prequel that honors the original film while putting our own spin on it and changing it. And, 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 you know, um, even though on character. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, the prey doesn't still having action and yeah, like, but yeah. just a different type of action you haven't seen before. And just, you know, just giving you, giving you what you want, but in like a new way, just like repack, like, not not just repackaging and reskinning it, but like that's more or less kind of what you have to do. Like, it's it's, it's not the a concept it's, it's, is so it's re it's it's in, in, inventing not inventing evolving something yeah. with respect. That's what I think mm-hmm. it is. That's what I was trying to say the yeah. whole time is you have yeah, to yeah. evolve with respect to what it's been, but also things have to evolve. You can't just like phone in and. Right. I think that's where some of the, you know, when you talk about some of the bad Godzilla and Kaiju films, it's mm-hmm. kind of just phoned in. They're like, people just want to see, uh, uh, you know, monsters fighting. And yes, but it has to be done well, which is, mm. you know, 
the one thing you can say about the MonsterVerse stuff is that it's it's being imbued with a quite a hefty cash influx, which has allowed them to make some really really cool, obviously CGI, but cool um, sequences. Like I think some mm-hmm. of the fight stuff in Godzilla King of the Monsters is just rips, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I love Godzilla. I love the serious Godzilla. I love the not-so-serious Godzilla. Uh, And I was just pleasantly surprised by Godzilla Minus One. I thought Godzilla Minus One was a thoroughly enjoyable time at the movies. Um, I didn't think I could enjoy watching a new Godzilla film as much as I enjoyed Shin Godzilla, but I really liked this one. And I thought it was... Um, it took like as we said, it kind of innovated in a different way. It brought the mm-hmm. scale down. It leaned more into melodrama. It leaned more into kind of the post-war social issues and collective consciousness and stuff that's really, really kind of a through line in the first Godzilla film. So mm-hmm. it it did the prequel thing right. It 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 innovated, but it respected very much. Um, yeah. and it looks great for a film on that budget like the scene where the where godzilla is chasing their boat i was like this is yeah oh and you said something that i thought was amazing was you're like i like that this film is a little bit more naval yeah which is i i didn't think you, about you, that you, but it's true you never see it when you every time you watch a godzilla movie it's always tanks and like uh like fighter jets like shooting him helicopters and stuff but this one the very large portion of the film is at sea and dealing with boats and yeah and i mean they don't have an art like that's the thing is that they don't have an army and there's a part where they have like a couple tanks that shoot at him um but he dispatches those you know yeah and they really don't have much and like even you know the idea of them being you know they're out there they're not even military they the only reason they have a weapon is because they're going out and finding mines in the ocean and decommissioning those mines by shooting them from an extreme distance but then you know just to then you know that's the only reason they even have bombs is because they had to go and get them literally from the ocean oh yeah and you and, get a really sick scene where where godzilla goes up against like a uh um, like, I guess they get a, because of this Godzilla situation, they get a, a, uh, um, a destroyer that was sent mm. to be, de- to be decommissioned. They're allowed to like, bring it back. They're like, oh yeah, you yeah. can take it back from wherever they were taking it. I forget where they said, um, Manila maybe anyway. Okay. Um, so you get a Godzilla versus a destroyer and it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty nutters, uh, scene where he's just going to town on the destroyer, but the destroyers going to town on him too. Um, yeah, there, the action stuff in this is, is great. The melodrama is great. One gripe I had afterwards is I don't know who's doing the, um, the translation for the subtitles, mm, yeah. but I feel like some of the. I, it's not even I feel like I know some of the translations are not as one-to-one as they could be. And I know that right. people do that for the 
American audience. You know, when you translate something, you want it to be kind of as simply understood as possible, especially because of, you know, words that don't necessarily have a one-to-one translation or kind of poetic and melodramatic language and uh, more, more kind of um, harder to understand statements, especially Mm -hmm. if it's like a cultural nuance or whatever. But in a film like this, where it's really, really about what there is a lot of character uh, characters, you know, arcs and drive and 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 it's a character focused film i feel like the the dialogue is a lot more important um and there were certain parts where they said things and i was like that's not what they said uh and it made me a little bit angry because i felt like it took away from what was obviously uh, a very very strongly melodramatic uh, and dramatic through line of the film when I was watching and I was like, that's not what he said. Um, which I understand it's to kind of appease North American audiences and make it as e- most easily accessible or whatever. But yeah. I, I would I, I would be interested to watch this film again with like a fan translated. Like there are films you can watch where people do more accurate translations of of the dialogue for foreign films and Japanese films in particular. Um, and they can be quite enlightening. So I'm, I hope someone does one of those so I could watch it and get a little bit more of the nuance of dialogue because there's nothing more. I hate when somebody obviously is saying something stirring and poet poetic. And at the bottom, it's like, we have to do this. And it's like, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. It's not I mean, what he's well, saying. <laughs> well, I mean, Japan, Japanese is such an interesting language because they have so many things and phrases or like just characters that, are just so much deeper than, you know, English. Like, it's a far more sophisticated language, I would say. Like, even um, you you and I are both fans of Mirakami, like the writer. Uh, I think you've read more stuff by him yeah, than I have. I but uh, But a lot of his stuff, reading, like, the English uh, translations, it's just like, you know, even though he has a lot of Western pop culture references, just, you know, some of the more melodramatic stuff is... It all it does seem kind of at times kind of cornbally just because we just we don't have a word for some of the things that that they have in Japanese that have they have the phrases that just carry so much more weight. Yeah, but like, well, that's what we, I like about the fa- about yeah. the the fan translations is oftentimes I'll be watching something and it'll be sub subtitles done by like fan translators and they'll Mm -hmm. leave the word in, but they'll put a little definition of what it is. And, and I like that. I I like that. I mean, it's a Japanese film, you know, like I'm fine with you leaving the cultural nuances in. Um, Now a theatrical release, I understand why that's not necessarily the case, but I did find it kind of hindered a bit of the melodrama for me at a certain one or two points where I was just like, uh, I wish I knew what he was really saying, but I'm also, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm also me. Most people probably don't give a shit about that. So, probably not. um, but overall yeah. it was a great viewing experience. Uh, and I hope that, that this director gets another crack at it. And, um, it seems like they will. There is a, you know. Yeah, it's been a huge success. And, uh, and you the, know. the ending, 
could imply, um, you know, another uh, another swing at it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it does. It's not necessary. It's not like this is a a film that is saying, you know, you have to. Uh, there's not it's not like a set cliffhanger you know what i mean it's an encapsulated story you can watch this one and just enjoy it but there is a they leave the door open we'll say um yeah but it's a yeah it's a I, you know you love to see it uh you absolutely love to see it with uh, the the rewa area rewa era um mm-hmm. is uh is 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 doing doing it right man it's it's strong um I watched one of the anime films on Netflix. It's a good time. Uh, I mean, it's definitely an anime film. It's definitely a sci-fi anime film, but uh, I definitely want to check out the other two. Um, And I, Shin Godzilla just rips like Shin Godzilla and Godzilla minus one are like kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, Yeah. But you know, different. On each side, yeah. this is a bit of a different thing. So I, I, you know, I would pair Godzilla minus one with Shin Godzilla, or I would pair uh, Godzilla minus one with the original. You know, like yeah, um, watching yeah, watching minus one side by side with the 1954 film was very cool because uh, there's a lot of very similar plot elements and yeah, it's just just interesting to see the evolution of it because you know even in the first original Godzilla, you, you never see really Godzilla you know full like you know full body. You see a lot of him half in the water. You see a lot of like just feet coming down sort of thing. Him kicking through stuff. See him him maybe like you know waist up in the background sort of stuff. But like. It's just very smart filmmaking um, in 1954. And then, you know, for Minus One, again, like, just, like, the just the budget and the, the way it looks is just so amazing. Just for less, $15 million or less, it's like, holy fuck, dude, that, that's amazing. That we, you can't, the visual effects are for this, I think, this film's already in like the list running for some visual effects awards for the Academy Awards. Um, somehow that like got leaked out that it's on like the short list of like the 20 films or something that they'll narrow it down to eventually five or six or something like that. So that'd be amazing to see a Japanese film getting a visual effects award, you know, when that's usually something reserved for large budget films like something like you know Oppenheimer I mean that was also a uh, connection I made and I think might possibly be something that's kind of giving the success of this is that Oppenheimer was a fucking huge success in the summer and then this movie kind of also works is like in a way because it also has a lot of similar themes as Oppenheimer you know it's obviously dealing with you know the H-bombs and nuclear bombs and stuff but also the similar themes of guilt and you're sort of getting you know Oppenheimer is very much about the American and westernized you know sort of stuff and them dealing with it in you know in a bi- biographical film totally different film but this one's kind of dealing with the same sort of themes and the same time period but from the other side and in just a very different way which so that would be an interesting uh sort of viewing to sort of just go um 
given that they're just both, you know, sort of World War II era films dealing with, you know, grief, loss, the dangers of science or science coming together, uh, people mm. coming together in unlikely ways, um, you know, and uh, another thing, uh, another comparison that I, I, I thought of as soon as I saw it in the movie, I was like, oh, shit was you know when all the tugboats come and start helping out i was like oh fuck this reminds me of dunkirk and then other people i've read online have also made that comparison it's like oh yeah no this really works as a war movie is specifically a navy movie it's what minus one works at. it's a melodrama and a navy movie masquerading as a godzilla movie and it's just so phenomenally done it's yeah, amazing it's how the, much for, is in this yeah. movie for for the the amount of money that they made this film for, it's it's like it's, it's like alone as a crowning achievement. Like it's it's crazy. And did you know that Godzilla minus one is the highest rated percentage on Rotten Tomatoes of all of the Godzilla films with a ninety eight percent, followed oh, yeah. by a um, the original Godzilla. Mothra versus Godzilla, which are both great. Mothra versus yep. Godzilla and Godzilla are fantastic. Um, yeah. And then followed closely behind by uh, 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 things like uh, the 2014 Godzilla. Uh, Sh well, Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla is, is up there, is up there um, with uh, an 86. It's also quite high. But then you have the, the 2014 Godzilla the uh, uh, oddly enough, Godzilla King of the Monsters is forty two percent, and Godzilla versus Kong is seventy five. When I think I liked King of the Monsters more than I liked Godzilla versus Kong, um, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, I, I liked King of the Monsters because it really just went Super Smash Bros. mode at one point. It was just like, yeah, let's just get them all. We're just they're all on stage. Just Call all the fight. boys. Um, yeah. But just to show us how much of a squabble wide, up challenge, yeah, squabble up challenge, yeah, <laughs> uh, to show the the kind of breadth and width of of the of the. Um, of the uh, 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 actually, no, the highest rated Godzilla film is Godzilla versus Destroya. Sorry, that's got a hundred percent. Have I seen that? I feel like I've seen that, but maybe I, I haven't. I don't know. It's from ninety five. And that, I feel like I, I that era, that, that era of of the return of Godzilla from like 1985 to, to, to Millennium, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of those. So that might be one. I, I've definitely seen Return of Godzilla or what's known as Godzilla 1985. And I'm pretty sure I saw the, the Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, maybe, or Godzilla versus Mothra 2, one of the two. Anyway... There's also Space Godzilla, which is wild. He's like this big space rock thing. It's funny. Um, yeah. But the width and breadth of between 20% uh, and and 100% as far as uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings. So this is like, you have to understand, there's what, 37 films, soon to be yeah. 38. Uh, and they vary. There's quite, a, there's quite a wide berth. But there is a selection of them that are quite, like you know, seven seventy upwards that mm. that are really good. Godzilla, the original Godzilla twenty fourteen, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, Ghidorah, the original film, banger. Um, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, banger. Uh, Godzilla versus uh, um, 
God, uh, apparently Godzilla versus Destroya. Uh, maybe I have seen that banger. Um, I do like uh, um, Destroy All Monsters. Uh, I do like King of the Monsters, even though it's got a bad rating. But Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla minus one. Uh, the Planet of the Monsters, the one of the animes that I've, I've I've watched. I think I watched another one too, but I think I only got halfway through. Shin Godzilla is excellent. The 2014 Godzilla is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like some really, really good, you know, more than a hand. Like you could make a week out of watching out of watching Godzilla movies yeah. that are sick. Um, and, and you would probably have a great film to watch every night. Uh, and, and so, you know, th- though there are, uh, uh, plenty of middling ones and some that are, are outright bad overall, you know, there's a reason why Godzilla became the cultural ambassador for, for, uh, um, uh, uh, God for, for Tokyo, for Shinjuku. Mm-hmm. They, they named him the Godzilla, a special resident an official tourism ambassador in 2015. Uh, they said Godzilla is a character that is the pride of Japan. Um, uh, yeah. Um, a funny note on the, the wiki here is reporters noted that Shinjuku's ward has been flattened by Godzilla in three of the Toho films. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that that this was uh, an absolute um, an absolute treat. I think everybody should go see it. Uh, Absolutely. I don't know. Do you have any other final thoughts on the 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 big uh, man on Godzilla? Uh, only thing I would have like to see uh minus one in imax which we unfortunately missed out on by a couple days but hey shit happens still happy i got to see this in a theater if you if it's playing at your local theater go see it uh just uh support you know support international films especially being released on a large scale like this like for this film to be playing at like the vip cineplex on like a nice fucking screen in a nice theater that's like huge and you know i wish more movies of this caliber especially of international movies were being uh shown in north america you know especially you know we have you know it's it's just such a relief seeing a film from a different country that just you know in this current climate where everyone's thing's so oversaturated with superhero movies or just sci-fi movies where just, you know, it's just ridiculous of special effects and it's just looks like shit and you just, it feels lifeless. This movie is, it has so much heart in it. It has so much emotion in it. And then it also just looks fucking amazing. It yeah, looks so it's good. It looks so and good. One of the best looking Godzillas, honestly, like the just the spikes on the back look fucking tight. It, you know, it calls back to the original Godzilla. He kind of even has those weird sleepy lizard eyes that lizards have that you just don't trust. You're just like, why the fuck does he look so stupid? Why does this man look like he has he understands the entire universe, but he also just took a bong rip? Like, I think that really they really got the big. The big, they got the big man. They really got him, and you know the weird sort of stifled movement 
I like is like, you know, because he's a water creature, you know, he's not necessarily, you know, on land isn't his, uh, you know, his, that's not his home base, you know, so he moves awkwardly and it makes sense, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, when you see Godzilla, like in the, in the American legendary movies where he's running, he's doing fucking parkour, but you know what, that's that movie's flavor. And you know what, I like that too, but this one was just like, I didn't know I wanted this Godzilla movie as much as I did. Like I've always, I've always thought about a Kaiju movie where it focuses more on the humans. And that's something I always wanted, but I was like, yeah, but you know, they're not going to do that. Cause if you're going to do something with a monster, it's going to be, you're going to want to focus on the monster or in the case of the American movies, it then ends up becoming, you know, about people, you know, the government conspiracy and you know, the military and how they're trying to weaponize and mm. you get all wrapped up in that mumbo jumbo, which I don't really care about because you've seen that in every like sci-fi alien movie where they're like, oh, well, how can we uh, adopt this species to then weaponize it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't care about that. I kind of want to just see people like and well, they, they, i mean they did, did that. they tried to do that with with gareth edwards yeah no, and he did it fantastically but then you know obviously legend the, the studio was warner brothers was like well guess what we got kong we're gonna do kong skull island then we're gonna we're make gonna the, make the monster verse we're gonna have the the yeah, yeah. The, that's but i liked i i mean i one of the things i meant to say which i didn't get to say is the 2014 got like gareth edwards godzilla i mean it's got two of the things that I just need to, you can, mm -hmm. you can just inject into my veins. Well, it's got a couple things that are really great. Um, but I, I, the one thing I like about it, even though I said that the kind of interpersonal story of he has to get back to his wife, that, that doesn't work as well for me, but I respect that he tried it. I think, uh -huh. I think Godzilla minus one does that a lot better, but what it does give me is it gives me Ken Watanabe looking at Godzilla and then saying, let them fight, which is like, you could just inject that into my veins forever. And it also has that incredible halo jump scene where they jump from the, the, the cargo plane down past yeah. Godzilla. And that's like one of the sickest scenes in a Godzilla yeah. movie I've ever seen. Like that, that, sh that, that shit just goes insane. Um, so there's a lot of good in that movie. And I think, I think it missed the mark on the kind of like, attempt to make this a human film also because they have the whole brian cranston his dad it turns out his dad isn't crazy that whole thing eh, you know but i mean i, I, I mean, like it i i respect what they were trying to do i respect that they were trying to change the story that they were bringing it back to the nuclear stuff i i there's a lot about yeah. it that i i like but they missed the mark on a couple things and i think that's just because gareth edwards doesn't really know how to do character i saw the creator lots of visually cool stuff in that but the story mm -hmm. and the characters it's like bro i think he works best when you just when you just get something simple like i mean rogue one is by far the best star wars movie ever and he and that. i mean the, the the good i mean and it's a simple a it's just stuff. space vietnam like yeah fuck yeah but hell but yeah gilroy came in and did a lot of writing on it and that, and I think that's what yeah. makes it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if Gareth Edwards could combine himself with another filmmaker who's just really good with writing characters and dealing with characters, if he could make like a directorial yeah. team of him and someone else, that that they could mm -hmm. become, they could level up. They could become 
you know, pink Godzilla level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, no, I think that what's so great about Rogue One was definitely that it was written by Gilroy because Gilroy came from like, oh, like he's like doing uh, the Bourne movies. He wrote, I think, all of them or most of them. And, you know, that's that's like insanity because the whole Bourne thing was essentially, oh, bef- even before James Bond did it with the Daniel Craig series, they were like, oh, what if we basically made James Bond, but like it's real and it feels real and has the emotional impact of a real life thing. And then, you know, Mike, he wrote and directed Michael Clayton, which is just like, holy fuck. Like that's just one of the like best movies about character driven, like just films of like the past 20 years. Like, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then Rogue One is obviously, like I said, the yeah, best. Yeah. He, he also, he also did, uh, um, uh, he did, he was a consultant on House of Cards. He was an executive producer and writer on Andor, which is easily one of the, uh, uh, best Star Wars things to ever come out. If you haven't watched Andor yet, it's just like a continuation of Rogue One. They just got rid of even more of the Jedi and bullshit. It's just about the rebellion. And um, and it's fantastic. There's some some of the monologues in that, specifically from uh, uh, there's a monologue that um, oh why can't I remember his name? Gollum man. Uh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus gives that's just absolutely crushing. Uh, and also uh, you have one of the. Uh, 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 a, a, a an excellent monologue from uh, Stellan Skarsgård, um, and it just overall, it's like it's like a it's like a spy Star Wars spy show. It's really yeah. good. It's really good, and it's like a prequel to Rogue One. Um, yeah, he needs to link up with somebody. There, there, there was missed. I understand why people didn't necessarily vibe with 2014 Godzilla, but I, there's a lot of it that I like. And the more of it that I like outweighs the stuff that I, I, I am like, well, do I really care about Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson getting back to Elizabeth Olsen? Do I really feel like this is a, you know, a real motivation? No, but do I want to see Godzilla shoot his atomic breath through the Muto? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Put that shit on a widescreen, man. <laughs> I want to see that in HD 4K. Um, and yeah, and and I yeah, I just I enjoy that one. I don't know what else to say, man. Go see Godzilla minus one. It's pretty dang good. Um, this was a really good year for movies. I think our bird report this year is gonna be pretty sick. Um yeah, hopefully- I mean because I was logging this movie on my letterbox and I'm kind of like going back and forth between going like four stars on it or four and a half. And I'm like, I don't really know where to go. Cause like now after talking about it, I'm like, I think this is a four and a half. Like this is so good. And like, amazing. Yeah. And I got to see it again. That's, that's my opinion yeah. is that I got to watch it again. Uh, there's, but, but j- not even like, not even just this film, like this year has been just an absolute treat. As far as films that have come out, like you have a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the greats coming back and, and, and really dunking on us. Um, And then you've got a lot of really exciting new filmmakers. um, And, you know, it wasn't bogged down with 
MCU and and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, and it sucks for me to say because I like the Marvel stuff. In fact, yeah. I think Loki season two was righteous. It was excellent. Um, incredible stuff. And and I was like, wow, there is some magic still here here if you're if you let the people cook. Um yeah. But that system that they've created, that 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 structure of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of the 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 kind of the weight of its own existence is beginning to crush it. Um, yeah. And uh, and so we'll we'll see. I don't think Mar- Marvel films are going away. I don't think that the MCU is going to die, but we may be in a bit of a low period for a while. Um, and uh, a lot of their decisions seem to be made out of desperation, trying to get people back into seats. And you can't make a movie that that appeals to everyone. It, and you can't, it's no. just not possible. You just got to make something with this, have a vision for it, a sing, make it, realize your vision, put it out, stop relying on focus groups or what research tells you or whatever, because that's how you wind up getting stinkers like Rise of Skywalker, you know? Just let the people cook. Give somebody a chance to rock with it and let them go. You know, why isn't Mahershala Ali as Blade on my screen now? Yeah. Kevin Feige. What's wrong with you? Just let it, just get some. God damn. These people, give me a job working for a studio. I'll get that shit whipped up real quick. Um, Yeah, but it's going to be a good year. We're going to we're going to do that. I think our next episode is go- I mean, we could talk about Godzilla on and on and on. I hope we didn't spoil too much about this. Please go see Godzilla minus I, 1. It'll be on I think it's out for another week or two. Um go see it uh, or rent it when it's available to rent. Uh it was yeah. great. I think we're going to have a really good uh uh bird report at the start of January. I think our last episode for the year will be next weekend. Um, I don't know what we're doing, but it's going to be some kind of holiday film. Uh, and then we'll be back at the yeah, start of January for the, the uh, uh, bird report. Is there, is there any thing that I'm missing here? Do I feel like there's, am I missing something for, for Godzilla? We talked a lot about Godzilla, so I don't know if we need to keep going uh, in circles, but uh no, I think we got it all. I think we got it all. And if not, uh, we'll try to bring it up next week or something. But uh, no, I think we covered everything. Like, uh, oh, um, the music in Godzilla Minus One, how it brings back all the old themes from the original Godzilla. Just amazing. But like, just sounded so good. Like, so it's the ori- a lot of just the original themes, but obviously re-recorded and just sounds so big. Like, I just love the low, like, I assume it's a tuba, just the boom, 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 boom. I loved it. But yeah, yeah it's just so when that, with that scene, that whole scene, the Ginza attack scene is like crazy. When that song came in and she's like in the train and looks and then you see the body and it's dun, dun, dun. I was just, oh, I was gripping my seat. It's so good. Sound is great. The visual effects are great. The story is great. It, it's a fantastic prequel. It's, yeah, go see it. Go see Godzilla Minus One, you freaks. Um, uh, and we'll be back next weekend, Christmas Eve, with our last episode of the year. My album comes out on the 29th. 
It's Friday the 29th. Stranger Days. You got to scream, scream, scream. Yeah, you got to scream. No, you got to stream it. You got to check it out. Consider purchasing it if you like it. I did it all myself. It's taken years to get this together. And I think it has been worth the wait. I think I'm delivering something that people will be very, very, very surprised and pleased by because I'm wrapping my goddamn ass off on that. So, yes, you are, brother. Thank you. Uh, what about you? You got anything you want to promote? Um, no, not really. Uh, yeah, no, there's nothing really going on with me right now until the new it's year. It's the end of the year. Yeah, it's the end of the year. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Stranger Days coming out very soon. We'll be back next week with our holiday episode. Go see Godzilla Minus One. And that's all from us. Remember, initiate the protocol. Peace out. Bye-bye.